Welcome to Speaking of Grace, the weekly message podcast from the Whole Life Church in Orlando, Florida. We're a multi-ethnic, multicultural, and multi-generational congregation committed to our mission of loving people into a lifelong friendship with God. We are committed to our vision of being a church without walls, fully engaged in serving the people of our community. Thank you for joining us as we continue Speaking of Grace. Wow. Oh my goodness. Roger, man. Oh my goodness. Isn't that powerful? Just beautiful. Um, I, I love that when he said, you know, my real gift is just an arranging music, but man, your voice, come on. <laughs> goodness. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my Lord. Not even in my wildest dreams could I ever. <laughs> begin to sing that way, but um, whole life, hey, so good to be with you. Man, what a what an honor, what a privilege to uh, to just be able to stand here, and I appreciate so much Pastor Ken and the opportunity to, uh, to be a part of today and to be able to have uh, an opportunity to speak. Um, being on the, um, I'm a little bit different now, I'm on the other side of the pew, I'm usually sitting there now, but when I was on this side of the pew, you know, you had to think really carefully about how many Sabbaths you wanted to give up having the opportunity to preach. And so I'm just grateful. And actually, you're going to hear from Ken a little bit later on. Um, and so he's not totally like sitting down today, but just honored, honored to share and honored to be a part of uh, whole life today, which by the way, um, this is, this is kind of, everybody's been calling this our home church. It's kind of becoming mine too, by the way. I just want, yeah, no, it's cool. Um, I, I've been here for a lot of the This Is Us series, which has been really powerful. I appreciate Ken and how he's been bringing it home and just talking about who you are and what are the, what are the kind of the vision and what are the dreams? What are the values that, that you hold here? And, um, that's been really, really cool. And I, I feel like I'm part of the family already. I know Tammy and know Tammy for years and, and Randy McGray and some, and Dr. Richard. I know a lot of folks around here. And, and by the way, I also have my, I have my token. <laughs> I have, yeah, come on. You know, some churches have like secret handshakes and words that they use and winks that they do, but whole life, we have a token, baby. You know, so we have a token. I was teasing Pastor Ken. I was like, man, you gave me a poker chip in church. That's, <laughs> sorry. I don't know what those look like, by the way. I, I just, I assume they refer, they look, yeah, no. This is, uh, this is so awesome. Seriously, though, the word that, that stands out to me on this, I believe that this is true of whole life. Um, this family is grace. Grace. Everywhere I go, when I have an opportunity to speak, I tell people, I am living a life I do not deserve. That's just the truth. And by the way, you are too. <laughs> I don't know if you know it, but you're living a life you don't deserve but for the grace of God. So I'm grateful that uh, whole life, one of, the, one of the pillars, one of the foundations, one of the, the, the most significant values at this church is grace because I'm gonna need it. And you likely will too. Uh, just honored to be here with you. Excited to share with you something really, really amazing that coming down. But first I wanna share with you 
One quick thing that's just very special to me and very personal, and at second service, uh, somebody special is going to be here with me. But if you go to the next slide, that photo on the so your left is me and my lovely bride, my wife, Christina, 27 years ago today. Today. Yeah. Today is the day. Um, the photo on the other side is uh, my wife and I. That's at Wakaiba Springs. And um, we took that on our 25th. So that's a couple of years old. But it's just my favorite photo because I love my wife's smile in that photo. And we're in the water, y'all. Who takes pictures in the water? They just, I showed up. They said, get in the water, take a picture. All right. So, um, no, really, really special. She'll be here at second service. So just so you know, but um, it's a special day for us celebrating 27. And um, we're, we're excited about that. For sure. Um, I wonder how many of you grew up with people in your life who insisted on you going to church when you were younger? Yeah? Had a few people like that. Yeah, I see lots of hands going up. So for me, it was my it was my grandparents. Um, they were affectionately known to me as Mama B and Daddy Mac. And I spent so much time with them. My parents would work and oftentimes I would just, I'd be, I'd be at my grandparents. They'd drop me off there. I'd spend entire weekends with them. But what I knew was that Saturday mornings were for sugary cereal and cartoons. Amen. <laughs> Sunday mornings were for church, right? Sunday mornings were for church and they were for church at Greater Paradise Missionary Baptist Church. That's where my grandparents went and that's where I would have to go. And I tried so hard, y'all, to, to pretend that I was asleep because I didn't want to go. So I would kind of be, I'd pretend I was asleep. But my grandmother, she's an amazing lady. She just had this enormous capacity to bring, you know, to get you up. And so she would, she would, if she was funny though, because she would come in and she would always put it in the form of a question as though I had a choice. <laughs> so you go into church and she'd do this two or three times. And eventually I would get up and put on my clothes and we would head to church. But I think back now to all those years growing up and just learning from my grandparents and their insistence on me going to church. And I'm grateful for it today because you know what would happen eventually? I would get to a point in my life where I wanted to go, where I would get up and put on those uncomfortable church clothes and church shoes. And I would meet them at the door as we headed out to go to church. And eventually, and I think my, my grandmother may have known this would happen. Eventually, I would, I would walk down the aisle of that church when that pastor would give this passionate appeal for people to give their life to Jesus. And I would walk down there. I'll never forget being baptized at Greater Paradise Missionary Baptist Church. And um, so I'm grateful for how my grandparents sort of guided me through those, through those years. Now, eventually, eventually, and I don't know if my, I don't know if my grandmother knew anything about spiritual formation or anything like that, but eventually I would, I would grow and I'd come to know Jesus. I'd be a part of the church and I'd, and I'd stumble across the Seventh-day Adventist church. Yeah. Uh, in fact, it was totally unplanned. It was all God's providence apparently, right? Because it was, uh, there was a, there was a little school not terribly far from my house. And my mom always kind of insisted, my parents had gone through a divorce and my mom was always insisted that you're going to go to a private school. And who, who does private school really big, y'all? Come on, Adventist. Yeah, thank you. So guess what that little church, that little school was down the road from my church, from my house, little Seventh-day Adventist church school. It's called Little Rock Junior 
Academy. And I'll never forget, I walked into that school on the first day of school, chomping on a sausage and egg McMuffin. <laughs> I didn't know what you people thought about pork, and I didn't care, right? <laughs> but I remember coming into that, that school, that school, and eventually uh, coming to uh, learn about the Seventh-day Adventist church and going to church on Saturday and not eating pork and all these things, like, ah. But there was some pretty, there was something pretty powerful that I learned as in my spiritual formation that started with my grandparents back at that Missionary Baptist church. And now was God was moving in the Seventh-day Adventist church. I learned that God speaks to us. Not only does God like to hear from us through our prayers, but God also speaks to us. If we listen very well, if we listen well enough, God will actually be trying to talk to us. And it was really powerful because as I entered the Seventh-day Adventist culture, you began to teach me about how God speaks to us. Now, if you, if you're not a Seventh-day Adventist, that's fine. Maybe I'll be helping you understand something about your relationship with God too. But if you are, maybe you come across these, maybe you were taught these the same way that I was, that God speaks to us in three different ways. One of those is through his word. Through the Bible. Adventists tend to be really big on the Bible. That's a good thing. Yes. The other way that God speaks to us is, this is how I I was taught. Sabbath school, church school, all the schools. This is how I was taught. Is that God makes strong impressions on the heart. They're just undeniable impressions, feelings. I don't know what else to call them, but you just know this is God speaking and influencing my life those strong impressions on the heart. And then the last thing I learned is that God speaks to us through this still small voice, which I've come to call over the years, a whisper. God whispers to us. And again, it's just undeniable. You just, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's an audible voice or just a voice or just, you just hear it and you know, this is God moving. This is God speaking and I better listen. And so it's been true throughout my life. As I was a little, as I was a teenager at that church school in Little Rock, I remember very clearly God making an impression on me that I should become a Seventh-day Adventist pastor. That was my calling. That was, that's what I knew I was supposed to do. I, y'all, I hadn't even been an Adventist but a couple of years, but y'all had already convinced me I should be a pastor. Go figure. This system worked, people. It worked on me. You should celebrate that. Yes. <laughs> But I listened to God and I heard God. And then God said, well, you, you should go, you know, be a pastor. And so I ended up at Ozark Academy. Any Ozark alumni here at all? No? Okay, that's not bad. That's all right. Um, but eventually I would wind up at Southwestern Adventist College. It wasn't a university by the time. I know Robert's an alum and there are other alums here. Yes. And I enrolled as this theology major and a, um, with a, with a minor in biblical languages. And, um, that, cause I was heading towards fulfilling that calling, that strong impression that God made on my heart. I was going to be a pastor. Now there's another moment where God spoke very clearly to me and it happened to be at a Vesper service, um, at Southwestern during those first couple of years that I was there. Vesper service, Friday nights, this Friday night gathering where we worship and come together. And really what's cool about going to Vespers, this doesn't sound super spiritual, but it's true. And I want to be transparent with my church family. You went so that you can have a date to sit next to. That's what it was all about. 
I didn't get any amens from that one, but it's true. All of you that went to Adventist colleges and universities, you know, on Friday night Vespers, you could sit next to a girl or a guy. And um, that's what you wanted to be able to do. So don't think of me as super spiritual. I was just there mainly because I had a nice date to sit next to. What I didn't anticipate is that the folks who were doing the program that night were the student mission, student missionaries that had come back from their year of serving abroad. Uh, again, in the Seventh-day Adventist Church, we have this amazing program where if you want to take a year out of college, you want to go serve abroad somewhere in the world as a missionary, as a student missionary, you can do that. It's pretty amazing. I know Pastor Ken has done it and others of you who are here have likely done it as well. And so I went that night and it was all the student missionaries that had come back from their year abroad and they were doing the program and they were sharing their testimonies. They were talking about how God had moved during that year that they're away. And I was captivated by what they shared. I was so caught up in what they were talking about and how God had led in their lives. I forgot all about the date. And it was just so, it was, I was so drawn in, in that moment. It was so powerful. And again, in that moment, God spoke. God made an impression on my heart that night. And it was the only thing I could think about. It was the only thing I could focus on was he was calling me to go serve abroad as a student missionary for a year. So sure enough, here's the photo. We'll put that up. There I am. That's a long time ago, y'all. Look at that hair. That's awesome. Um, there I am in South Korea. I went and served for a year in South Korea as a student missionary. And I'll tell you what, church, that turned out to be one of the most significant years of my life. I learned to rely on God like never before. I grew up, I matured spiritually like I never thought I could. It was so incredibly powerful. I stood in awe of God's faithfulness. I saw students respond to the gospel and get baptized. I saw God move in that year like I'd never saw God move before. All because of God's whisper to me. Now, I got to drop this story in. It was kind of interesting. Um, you got to be, you got to be very mindful of when God calls you into something. Cause I'll never forget the plane ride over to go serve in South Korea. Um, they put all the student missionaries on the same plane a lot of times, same itinerary, and they order us the same food. And you know, we as Adventists, we're, we're, a lot of us are vegetarians. Well, when you go out representing an Adventist institution, they order vegetarian meals for you on the plane. Well, back in those days, they weren't doing vegetarian meals very good, y'all, all right? So I'm sitting on the plane. I'm excited. God's called me to go serve for a year. And, and they start to hand out food as the first meal on the plane. And, and everybody's getting their trays. You know how they bring the trays around? Everybody's getting their food. And you can smell. It smells pretty good. You're anticipating. And they kept passing me by. They kept skipping me. I was like, ma'am, ma'am, do I get a meal? Yes, you get a special meal. Hold on. Now, whenever they say special meal, y'all, I'm just... Watch out, watch out. So sure enough, here comes, here comes my special meal. They put it in front of me on the little tray table. And I kid you not, I kid you not. It was, it was a mashed green pea sandwich, vegetarian, mashed green peas between two slices of white bread. And it was cold. I, we were breaking the health message right there. I mean, that's just, that's just wrong right there. Be mindful of when God whispers to you 
He may call you into something you didn't quite anticipate, but God will always call us someplace that will dramatically change us, that will transform us, that will move us into the people that he wants us to be. Often what God will do is that God will whisper to us in these moments, y'all, to fuel his mission, to fuel what he wants to do. In fact, if you want to put that up there uh, on the screen, God whispers in these moments to fuel his mission. And here's the thing that God will do. God's whisper may cause us to start to start something new for him or to go someplace we weren't expecting. Ever found yourself in that position? Maybe it's even to initiate reconciliation where there's been a broken relationship. Ever heard God whisper to you, go fix that broken relationship? Or maybe God whispers to you, maybe God makes a strong impression on your heart to give a, an outrageously generous gift. Kind of scary gift that makes you kind of wonder about your sanity. Or maybe God challenges you to abandon the security of a salary job to take a ministry position that pays far less. Hmm. So God makes these impressions upon us. God speaks to us. God, through his still small voice or through his whisper, will speak to us. And he invites us to join him fully on mission. We don't always know what that mission will bring. But we show up with these hearts that are ready to say, here am I, Lord, send me. You know, we've been blown away at World Vision by your response to the Matthew 25 challenge. So thank you so much. It's been amazing. I mean, when Pastor Ken was talking about that 40%, that was, I mean, it was talked about at World Vision. So thank you for that. So I'm glad that you're a Matthew 25 church that you recognize that there are the vulnerable, that there are vulnerable folks in our world and you want to, you want to come near to them and understand who they are. So all this week you've been involved in these challenges. So thank you for that. But I also want to challenge you to become a First Thessalonians church. A First Thessalonians church. You're a Matthew 25 church, but I also want to challenge you to become a First Thessalonians church, which I think you are whole life. So listen to this passage from First Thessalonians. It says this. We remember before our God and fathers, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. We remember before our God and Father your, your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. That's you. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you. Because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. I pray that this passage blesses you whole life. I pray that you can embrace that, because I, I love that. That's you. We've been through a tough season, and we're still walking through a tough season. I spoke at a church a few uh, weeks ago in Albany, Georgia, a rural part of Georgia, massive churches, a huge church. Typically they see about 3,000 people. They had 250 in there. But this church has been hit by COVID like I don't think any other church, perhaps even in the country. They've lost, they've lost a lot of people to the virus, like death. The pastor was telling me how many funerals he had done since basically the beginning of the pandemic in March of 2020 till now. And it was somewhere in the neighborhood of 50 to 60 funerals. And that's both for the people in his church, but also people in the community. 
And so I shared this passage at that church as well. And he said, yeah, that's us, that's us. We are that church because we've had to continue to work out of faith. They've had to continue to labor, right? The church didn't shut down and perhaps it's even become more work to do church right now, right? So you've continued to labor. You continue to be concerned about others out of the love that you have. And you've had to endure some stuff, y'all. We just all had to endure the doggone mask, goodness, right? But that's you. There's a work produced by the faith that you have. There's a labor prompted by the love you have. And you endure all this because the deep and abiding hope in Jesus that you have. I love it. And I pray that God will continue to whisper into your life about that, how that faith, hope, and love can be utilized in a crazy, crazy space that we walk through right now. So here's another, here's another whisper that God had for me. Almost four years ago now, God whispered to me again. After serving for 23 years as a Seventh-day Adventist pastor, God made it very clear to me that he wanted me to focus my ministry on serving vulnerable communities, both here in the U.S., and around the globe. And so I actually get to do that through World Vision. Um, in fact, at World Vision, we are uh, all about uh, seeing God show up in some of the most vulnerable, desperate, and dark places on the planet. Um, and we at World Vision, uh, we're the largest non-governmental provider of clean water in the world. Uh, we're also the largest food aid provider in the world. We operate in roughly a hundred different countries. And in those countries, we are blessed to kind of establish a footprint across all parts of the world that makes a, that allows us to be able to serve children in some of the most desperate and most dark and most uh, vulnerable spaces around the globe. But I want you to know kind of what drives us. What's the fuel behind what we do at World Vision? It really comes out of a passage that you're familiar with, John 10, 10. Remember in John 10, 10, where Jesus says, the enemy comes to steal, to kill and destroy, but I have come to bring life to the full. See, we want Jesus's words to be fulfilled. And so a big part of who we are, in fact, a big part of our, our dream and our vision is to see fullness of life brought to the most vulnerable children on the planet. That's what we aim to do. Fullness of life. We wanna see vulnerable kids experience fullness of life. We work hard to reverse really, really awful false narratives that if you have less, you are less. You heard that before? That's often the impression that we have. It's a, it's a false narrative that's often, that's perpetrated throughout the culture very often that if you have less, you are less. And we work to break down that false narrative. In fact, Jesus came and in his day, he worked to reverse a lot of false narratives, right? Uh, the false narratives, even in, in his day, portrayed the poor and the vulnerable as not worthy. Rather, he came along and Jesus would hang out with people. Don't you love, one of the things that's powerful about Jesus, he was okay being misunderstood. Why do you hang out with those people, the religious establishment of his day would say? He'd be like, oh, it's okay. It's not for the healthy that I came, but it's for the sick, right? So Jesus was okay with being misunderstood. And Jesus would come along and he would affirm the inherent dignity of every person he encountered. The inherent dignity. 
The fact that you and I are created by this creator God and his thumbprints are on us and we bear his image. You are a child of God as we sang. And you should always be affirmed in your inherent dignity, value, and worth. So one of the most powerful ways that we do that at World Vision is through child sponsorship. And today, whole life, all right, I have an invitation for you. I can't wait. Today, you can, be, you can come alongside a child in Guatemala, specifically in a community called Aguacatan, a community where World Vision has been working for about 12 years and where there are right now just over about 2,200 children in need of sponsors. In fact, there's a slide right now that we can put up that gives you a little bit more information. So if you're familiar with World Vision, you know that for years we partnered with churches all over the country, connecting them with communities like Aguacatan. We call them, uh, we call them um, development area, area development programs. And we go, we come alongside of these communities to affirm their inherent, inherent dignity and to restore the broken circumstances of our brothers and sisters who live there in extreme poverty. We do all of this in partnership with you when you sponsor a child for $39 a month. So today, again, whole life, I'm inviting each one of you seated here in this worship center to become a child sponsor. I'm inviting you to say yes to joining hands with a child that lives in extreme poverty. Now, typically, and some of you have experienced this before, typically how I would do this is as you, I would invite you to walk out after we're done with the service, walk out into the lobby and you see all these photos of children hanging there by clothespins and some string or something. And you get to see all these children in these little, these little packets that we have. And you would get to walk up and you would get to choose. But recently, God has whispered something to World Vision. God has been speaking and we've been listening to God. He said, hey, why don't you think a little bit differently about child sponsorship? In fact, God spoke to us and he's led us to ask this question right here. What else could we do to affirm the inherent dignity of the kids we serve from the very first step of the relationship with their sponsor? And what would it look like rather than you getting to go out and choose them? What would it look like for the first time in history if the children got to choose us. So I'm gonna invite Pastor Ken to come up and join me. And as he makes his way up, I just want you to know this whole life. On Wednesday, on Wednesday of this week, there's gonna be what we call a choosing party. But this choosing party is actually hosted by you. It's gonna be a party called the Whole Life Choosing Party. It's gonna happen in Agua Catan, Guatemala. Now here's the thing. The guests of honor are some of the most vulnerable children in that community in Guatemala. And the way they get to come to that party is that your photo represents an invitation. Your photo represents an invitation to the party. Remember Tony Campolo, he's spoken here at this church. He says that the kingdom of God is a party. So you're hosting a party. And their invitation, the way we get vulnerable children there is your photo. So I want you to know that. Those, the, the guests of honor will be these very precious children. And it, the, the number of kids that we get to that party all depends on how many photos of you that we get to have there. 
So, um, what's going to happen is they're going to see those photos. They're going to walk into a room. This party is going to be amazing. They're going to walk into a room. They're going to see your photos up there, and they're going to get to be empowered to go and grab one of those photos, just like you saw in the video. And after that, because the party doesn't just stop because they got to empower to choose you, they're going to have a great time. They're going to have a fun time. Our World Vision staff plans an amazing day for all these children that come for that choosing party. Now, typically what would happen, um, the way we typically would do this in a COVID-free world where we could travel internationally, is that Pastor Ken and I would actually jump on a plane sometime this afternoon or tomorrow morning. And we would fly to Guatemala. We'd go to Agua Catan. And we would be there for the choosing party on Wednesday. That's not going to happen, unfortunately, because we haven't gotten back to travel yet. But we are going to take Pastor Ken. World Vision is going to take totally on us. Doesn't cost you anything. Doesn't cost the church anything. We're going to take Pastor Ken to Guatemala when international travel resumes. And he'll be able to see the area that your church is partnering with in Agua Catan. It's pretty powerful. So in place of that, in place of uh, not being able to go, we did do a little connect with the field this week. So I have a photo I'm going to put up right now. Um, we live in the world of Zoom calls, right? So we did a Zoom call with our World Vision staff in Agua Catan and Guatemala. And this is some of your staff on. And I had to go back and like like screenshot this because I forgot to do it while we are live on the call. And I, I went through the video and I grabbed this photo. And I think everybody's smiling, right? You see a smile in pretty much everybody's faces? That's awesome. So that was our call. That was our connect with the field. And it was so, so uh, good. Yeah, that was good. Did it you was awesome. That? Yeah, Bernie, it was fantastic. And um, just to hear about the need down there, to hear about what the difference that this church can make in one community. And I think that's one of the differences um, about this versus other. Uh, we've, my family and I have been a uh, World Vision sponsor of a child for over a decade. In fact, we, we had one child, they got they aged out of the program, and we have another child right now, and they're in a sensitive area of the world, so I'm not going to kind of mention that. But um, with that being said, to hear the need there and to think, well, this is really cool. I get to enter into a relationship not only with a child but with you because we're all going to have children in the same village, in the same area together. That's pretty incredible if you think about it. It's something we can do together. You know, for the last several weeks, we've been talking about um, we've been talking about our values at this church. It's one of the reasons why I chose you. And I think that you chose me is because we share the same values. And it's easy to sit here and think today, man, I came to church and I, I thought we were going to, you know, kind of have a, a word. And this feels more like an advertisement or something like that. But I want to suggest to you, family, that this is our greatest worship service we've had so far. Because there is no greater act of worship than to participate with Christ in loving the marginalized. Mm. That's worship. It's not about me. It's about Jesus and what he cares about. And so today I want to invite you to join my family in what I think is a really important project for this church. We do so much in this community. This church is amazing. People who come inside are blessed by what happens here. And this church doesn't leave it there. We go outside these walls into Orlando and do incredible things in Orlando. And we do incredible things around the world. And this is another opportunity for us to care about another part of the world, which I think is important. Mm -hmm. 
I want my kids to understand how amazing life is here for them and how blessed they are and what the responsibility is for them who have so much to give. And that's why our family is going to be sponsoring. We already have one child. We're going to sponsor three more. Rochelle and I want to take on another child. But what I want to do with my kids, as I asked them, I said, would you be willing to give up a certain amount of the money that you earn to help sponsor your own child? And so what we're doing with Kyla and Eric is they are each getting their own child. It's going to come out of their bank accounts. They're going to, it's their child. And they're going to communicate. There's all these really cool ways that you can communicate with the child that you sponsor. It's amazing. And I want my children to have that sense for themselves of what it means to take care of somebody else. And so today, I just want to invite you to say yes. Say yes to a child. I know it may be a bit of a financial stretch. I know it is for us. Four kids is a little bit of a stretch for us. But what did I say last week? If it doesn't cost you something, it's not participating. It's not participating. And so today, I just want to invite you to say yes. And next week, when you come back to church, we're going to have a party together because we're going to get to see the children who have chosen us. And the cool thing is they're going to tell you why they picked your picture. Right, Bernie? Is that that, how it works? Yeah, I mean, thanks for that invitation back. So next Sabbath, when you come back, There'll be, there'll be envelopes in the lobby area, and it'll contain a photo. And that photo will be of a child holding the photo that you sent to Guatemala. And it'll be, um, it'll be really magnificent. What, what we've learned is that the reveal Sabbaths or reveal Sundays are really special. There's this sense of anticipation about the celebration around who picked you. Because now, folks, and you, you wouldn't believe how many people I've had ask me, am, am I going to get picked I'm pretty sure you're going to get picked. I, <laughs> we have 2,000. Yeah, over 2,000 kids. I told Bernie we cover that, so don't make me not. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I didn't say that. Many, but, but, but we, we did. Wanna, yeah. I would love to get below. It'd be awesome if this church could get them under 2,000, wouldn't it? I mean, that would be a pretty be heavy amazing. lift for us, but that would be pretty cool. That'd be amazing. Pretty cool. So, reveal. Don't, you don't want to miss next Sabbath. It's going to be pretty special. So, all right, so here is how it's all going to go down. And just, just for review, you know, you are, as Pastor Ken said, you're stepping into, you're choosing to step into, to participate in the life of a brother and sister who lives in extreme poverty. And um, it's, it's a beautiful thing. My wife and I sponsor uh, three kids. In fact, let me, put, let me put this photo up. Go to that next slide. We'll come back to that one. Go to the next one, sorry. This, this is one of my sponsored children. His name is Lumino. Now get this, y'all. I, I got to go to Zambia. I got to be there for the choosing party. And he picked me first. I was number one overall draft pick, number one, y'all. <laughs> I've never been first at anything in my life. And this little boy said, we are bonded and tied at a very deep level because he chose me. All right, well, let me go back to, to the slide. It looks kind of like this. This is how you're going to do it. So if you want to pull out your smartphone, I know everybody has one. I left mine on the pew. But if you want to grab your smartphone, pull that out. And in the number area, in the number section, where you would be texting a friend or somebody, you want to put in 56170, 56170, which, by the way, if you're online joining us, we want you to participate too. You're a part of whole life. You're part of the family. So you get to participate too. But for those of us here in the sanctuary, you're going to text, you know, you're going to put in 56170. You're going to text whole life, whole life. 
That's how you opt in. That's how you get started here in the process. You're going to text whole life to 56170. It's going to hit you back with the link. You're going to click on that link. And you can just do it like right now, just right where you're sitting right now. You can go ahead and get that link back, pull that up. There'll be a place where you can put in some information. You get to choose how many children you want to sponsor. All your your credit card information is $39 a month. And here's what you want to do. You want to make sure that you do this process before 9 p.m. tomorrow night. We want you to do it right now. We want God's whisper to be very clear right now. And if God isn't whispering, just go back and read Matthew 25, right? (laughs) Go back and read Matthew 25. God's already speaking, right? But if you would text whole life to 56170. Now, if you're online, you're going to text whole life online to 56170. Text whole life online to 56170. And um, you're going to get hit back if you got all that bullet. Now, the coolest part is when you get to go out, uh, you can primp a little bit as you make your way out. But our staff is here. Our team is here. We've got an incredible team from World Vision, our events team. We've got Chris out there. Uh, we got KJ. Kristen is out there. We've got a team of volunteers all in the orange shirts. They're going to move you through the process. But now you get to take the most amazing photo of your life because you want those kids to see you and choose you. And uh, that, they're going to see you. They're going to choose to be in a relationship with you. So, Grab the family members, grab everybody you want. We have people that bring their dogs and put them in too, but you didn't do that. But you can, you can go out, gather everybody together and make and take an amazing photo. So just logistically how this is going to roll a little bit, we're going to make the line right down the center aisle. So if you are going to exit the sanctuary to make your way out to the parking lot, you're going to go out those side doors. We want you to exit through the center though, because that means that you're choosing to be chosen. So go right down the center aisle and you're going to go left to right. We've got some team that'll direct you to the photo booth. You're going to take the most epic photo of your life. Awesome. Bernie, thank you so much uh, for giving us the opportunity to really worship today. Um, I hope you'll prayerfully consider this. Um, And uh, like I said, I'm looking forward to getting out there and getting my epic picture taken as well. I haven't done that yet. They gave you the option. They let me go ahead and sign up a little bit ahead of time. Uh, so we've already signed up. Um, and so, but we could have taken our picture with our, and you had that same option. You take it yourself, but much more fun to have somebody else take it. I'm sorry. Oh, now this is the other cool thing that I want to make sure you know. For all, all these pictures are going to get uploaded to a Facebook page that is specific to our church. So I told you how we were going to get to do this together. We're going to have our little own Facebook community where we talk about how cool it is to be uh, sponsoring these kids, the experiences we've had. Um, it's going to be a, an amazing experience for all of us. And so I'm just uh, just looking forward to being on that journey with you. Next week, we're going to have that big celebration. And I have a really special sermon that's really kind of close to my heart that I'm going to be sharing with you next week um, as we celebrate what God is doing in our in our church. So... Again, if you're wanting to, if you are sponsoring, if you've signed up, you'll just go ahead and enter, go down that center aisle. If you're exiting out to the parking lot or to Sabbath schools and you're not doing that, you'll just go out the side doors. And uh, just remind you of that, let's go ahead and bow our heads and have prayer. Heavenly Father, let me just pray that um, you would be with the children in Agua Catan. Lord, um, most of us have no clue what it would be like to go grow up the way these kids are. And yet we have an opportunity 
to impact these children, and I pray that we would. I pray that um, we would see the beauty in them choosing us. Lord, watch over each one of us here today. May we truly worship you. May we watch your hand in our life and recognize what you're doing today. We love you, and we can't wait for you to come back to, so that we can all live in a world made new. We pray in your name. Amen. Hey, family. No matter what you decide today, I love you. And I hope you have a great Sabbath, all right? Take care. Hi, this is Randy McGray, podcast producer and host here at Whole Life Church. Loving people into a lifelong friendship with God is our mission at the Whole Life Church and our podcasts, Speaking of Grace and its companion, 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff, are designed to help facilitate conversations that help us grow together in that pursuit. Now that you've heard the message for this week, don't forget to check out the Whole Life Takeaways for this message. Swipe up in today's show notes and join the conversation. Speaking of conversations, each Wednesday morning we take a closer look at the week's message. That's right, the one you just listened to. We discuss practical ways to apply spiritual lessons and ask honest questions about the issues we face as Christians. All focused through the lens of grace. Your voice is a welcomed addition to that conversation. We encourage your thoughts and your questions by sending a voicemail or text to 407-965-1607 or send an email to podcast at wholelife.church. You can find everything podcast-related on our website, wholelife.church slash podcast. And plan on spending every Tuesday evening and Wednesday morning with us as we bring you the Whole Life Church inspiration you love straight into your headphones. Thanks for listening, and have a great week.